It's, it's just human emotion, but it's really not like that. Everyone wants to see you win. They want to see you do good. You know, they want to invest their, their energy into you or else they would have never downloaded that episode or they would have never bought that ticket to go see you. What's up, gang? It's Des DeCosta here, your host with Positive AF Podcast. I am so excited to be back today because I took a little break from podcasting, as we all should, if we feel like we need to recuperate, revitalize. And now here we are back in full force. My next guest is a jack of many trades. He is a founder, entrepreneur, and podcaster, building the number one talk show here in Las Vegas. Jake Gallen. He is the host of the Guest List Podcast. Guys, this show blew up in popularity over the pandemic with no prior podcasting experience. Jake brought this show to life and created a platform of connectivity that Vegas was so eagerly craving. But Jake's story also comes with some hurdles that proves his grit, perseverance, and self-accountability. So guys, enjoy the show. Jake, no, thank you so much for being on the show. Welcome to Positive AF Podcast. It's been um, quite some time since we've known each other from afar through, you know, online, Instagram. That's how I initially got to know about you, but you've blown up in the past year and you've been, you know, just getting so much awesome exposure with your story. And I'm just honored to share your story on Positive AF today. So welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you, Des, for having me, having me on. Uh, this is an incredible opportunity. It is crazy how Vegas works, right? Like we connected online and then we happened to just run into each other at First Friday. And it, it felt like I had known you already just from the connection of the amount of network that we had shared, but also similarities in our viewpoints. Yeah, I mean, that's the bottom line. It's like when there's so much people, there's so many people out here in Vegas doing some amazing things, but there were so many synchronicities already within what we were doing, industry, podcasting. And, you know, with that being said, there's only a handful of podcasters in Vegas as well. Um, so, yeah, we literally just ran into each other one first Friday a few months back. And so I'm really glad that we could do this and finally hop on and talk because I think the timing is right. Um, you know, if we would have done it any sooner or, you know, whatever, it just... It, now is the perfect time for us to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, so with that being said, I always love to open up the space with something that you're grateful for. What are you grateful for in this moment? I'm just grateful to connect with like-minded individuals in the city. For, for a long time growing up out here, it seemed like such a distant idea because a, a lot of the people who live out here become very comfortable with working on the Strip and making a, a decent living doing that, putting in minimal effort. And I, I never really felt that way. So I always went out and did multiple entrepreneurial endeavors throughout my life, even throughout college. And now, now I'm just grateful to have this podcast to connect with people like you and kind of form this culture of not only just podcasters in the city, but, but, but visionaries that share that same ideal so we could build the culture out here as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, a big piece of Las Vegas is the Strip. That's how the city of Las Vegas began. But we're so much more than that. And you're a testament to that. Are you born and raised uh, from Las Vegas? Yeah, born and raised out here, 29 years old. I grew up on the east side of Vegas. I went to Chaparral High School. Uh, I lived down at Share Downtown in the Arts District. I grew up literally like three miles from here. So yeah, a lot of, wow. lot of literally home homegrown roots out here. Yeah. Wow. I mean, 
let's just dive into that then. What Give us some details about who you are and your story. Yeah, absolutely. So as I said, Jake Gallen, 29 years old. I grew up on the east side of Vegas. After graduating from SHAP, where I played football and track, I went on to UNLV, majored in kinesiology. Never used used that degree and applied it professionally, as it seems like most UNLV students don't. While I was at while I was at UNLV, uh, I was a part of AEPI fraternity, which is the Jewish fraternity on campus. Um, I also had worked throughout my entire college career. I worked at Planet Hollywood Pool for five years, and then the most recent five years, leading up to about a month ago, I opened up Omnia, Omnia Nightclub as a model beverage runner, which Omni Nightclub is one of the most popular and highest revenue generating nightclubs in the entire world. So that was a crazy experience within, within itself. Right after I graduated college in 2015, uh, I immediately started my entrepreneurial journey, opened up an antique store, which was called Next Gen Pickers, which is now closed. Around that same time, I co-founded an app with my partner, Corey, at the time called Chameleon Verified Network, which fought ticket fraud. It was basically a secondary ticket marketplace that verified tickets. Um, in the physical sense, and that people can safely exchange tickets. That is now closed. Probably a good thing because the event industry got wrecked. Um, in 2017, I got involved into cryptocurrency. And without a doubt, that was the highest conviction that I'd ever felt in my entire life. So I went completely headfirst into that, investing in Bitcoin. Pretty much half of my paycheck over the last four years, bought Dogecoin a little bit and rode that up to enough to where I could quit the nightclub and kind of get out of that toxic environment, which also led me to making a ton of bad decisions and caused me to quit drinking and uh, doing drugs and going out and really focusing on my own life because that, that industry is very detrimental to your health and your mental capacity. And I see it happen time and time again to a lot of those, my coworkers and colleagues and I found myself in that position and it was hard for me to really find out that I was making these wrong decisions, but yeah, it was, it was a time of definitely solitude for a little while. But then after the strip closed in 2020, started the podcast immediately and uh, it's grown to, to where it has now to where I can sit here and talk with you. Yeah, Jake, you've created a platform of community here in Vegas in a time where was very lackluster when people were craving that communication, that connection, and you really brought it. I mean, of all forms of expression, what made you ultimately want to decide to start a podcast? Uh, there, there's a few different reasons to do it. One, I realized after you graduated college, it was a little bit tougher to connect with people. Um, usually when you're in college, it's easier to carve out your path with someone else because your paths aren't really predefined. Everyone's kind of just figuring life out on their own. But once you graduate college, college everyone has their paths that they want to go to. So if, if I found it harder to, to make new relationships, especially working in the nightclub and all this stuff. But I had realized after watching podcasts, a lot of these high net worth individuals or high status, whatever you want to label them as, they would give literally two, three hours of their time to just random podcasters all the time because they wanted to have their voice heard as well. And so I was a big consumer of Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss and some of those like popular people for a long time um, just for their message and their voice. And I'd realized around 2018, I was like, why is there no Joe Rogan Vegas type show in Vegas? I was like, Vegas is full of diversity, economically, politically, entertainment, so on. And I kind of sat around for about two years waiting 
for that to happen. And then once the pandemic happened, I realized that no one had done it at all. And so that's when I, I went in head first to do it. Yeah, wow. I mean, that is definitely the entrepreneurial's model, um, understanding and doing some research, development, testing it, seeing if there's a need, and then mm -hmm. bringing a solution to the table. Um, so you've always been an entrepreneur, it seems like. Is that like when you were in college at UNLV, what did you think you were going to go into? So I originally went in for kinesiology, which is the study of human movement. Um, I lost a bunch of weight in high school, so I became really obsessed with health to get in shape. After about my sophomore year of college, I realized that I wasn't going to use it professionally. I, I didn't want to go into athletic training or physical therapy or anything like that. But I did realize after working on the strip for a handful of years and kind of like how UNLV operated that this, this town was really built off of trust and relationships. So I really just tried to leverage that existing three years after that moment on the strip and in at UNLV to network with as, as many people as possible. Uh, I took a bunch of executive or e-board positions in the fraternity to help reinforce that idea. I was a vice president, rush chair, treasurer. I was just very active, lived in the fraternity house, networking with the sororities and the fraternity guys. And same with on the strip when I was working at Planet Hollywood, I was trying to network with all the executives. And that kind of helped me get into Omnia nightclub when that started. And so it, it was probably about like 2021 where I was like, I think the route to go is definitely entrepreneurship. And I had always have, had these different ideas of things that I wanted to do, even, even uh, when I was 18 in high school at SHAP, where the graduation rate is under 60%. And it's kind of been poverty stricken. I always had these big ideas that I wanted a million dollars by 30. You know, I wanted to have my own business. I wanted to write my own book. And it, I just realized that those, that, type of thinking was very different from my peers for, from growing up. And so it had been a little bit of a lonely journey, but as you learn in Vegas, it's a very close community and the majority of people out here want to collaborate with each other. You kind of just have to put yourself out there for them to reach out to you. Yeah, no, that's so true. On the topic of it being a lonely journey and everything, like how do you find that community or how do you you know cope through the loneliness like i think that's a major piece of being an entrepreneur even being a podcaster because there's so many different ways that you could go about starting a podcast um yeah what are your thoughts on that yeah you, you kind of just have to put your head down and really just find what your true authentic self is and then how they will relate to you, especially with podcasting where a little less than 50% of the United States listens to podcasts. And on average, the average podcast listener makes on average 10,000 more than the non-podcast listener, which basically says like the, the average podcast listener is college educated and that's not a knock against anyone. So you just have to realize who your audience is in Vegas Nevada is generally one of the, the lower tier states in terms of education. So it, it's a little hard to corral people in that, in that way. But at the end of the day, it's just being consistent with podcasting. Eventually, over time, people just reach out to you and they're like, oh, this, this guy Jake's making a bunch of noise and people start listening to the podcast. And um, eventually, all the opportunity finds yourself. And it's the same with entrepreneurship. 
having an antique store, my first business, it helped me learn about how to operate a business um, in the physical front, how to set up LLC formations. And you just need to understand why you're doing some things. Obviously, we all want our our businesses and our journeys to be successful. But I, th- I believe the stat is the average entrepreneur cycles through five to six different businesses before they find their success, whatever it may be. And so as long as you're deriving skills from each of those or the reason why you're doing it, then you can ha- it can help formulate a hypothesis of what you need to do to have that that big grand finale for whatever that that successful endeavor is. It really does all boil down to what the mission is, why you're doing it, as you've said many times. Why are you doing the guest list podcast? What is the mission behind it? Plain and simple, like why even the guest list podcast? Because I'm sure with all of your expertise, it could have been anything. It could have been an entrepreneur podcast, a, a you know business related podcast, an antique store podcast. Mm-hmm. You know, um, so why? Why for you? I want it. Growing growing up out here in Vegas, I've just unfounded love for for the city. I wanted it to be a tool for the natives to be able to connect with entrepreneurs in the city who may not just be positioned on the strip, but that are doing things outside of the strip. And it, it becomes an opportunity for those people who don't want to be in hospitality to connect with these individuals who are leading in whatever profession they're doing to reach out to them or show that like, hey, there's things happening outside of just serving drinks for the, the rest of your entire life. And I'm just extremely bullish on Vegas. I think Vegas is going to have a massive transformation over the next 10, 20 years, especially since COVID happened. And there is there is small pockets of different markets that are beginning to be built. So if I could connect with all of them and help help some of these entrepreneurs get discovered by investors, by people who are just want to be affiliated with them, then it just means a lot to me to, to connect with people. And so then obviously it's a tool for me because I get to connect and then build different bridges off of that for, for my own personal brand or my own business. But there was nobody doing it. And I just realized, I guess this is what, this is what I'm meant to do. I guess this is the way that I have to help the city out to, to connect everyone together because the city really operates in silos. And I've kind of learned that through a bunch of these different tech hub meetings that I've been in. There's a bunch of different silos of opportunity. It just seems like nobody helps connect those or build those bridges together. I don't know what the reason is, but yeah, I'm, I'm helping try to accelerate that transition to a more cl- collaborative local economy. Yeah, I think you are definitely, um, man, but I'm sure your success has not come easy. I'm sure it's come with a bunch of challenges. And, you know, what are some of the things that you had to overcome along the way? Yeah. So, I mean, just even just growing up at a economic disadvantage was tough. I was uh, on free lunch my entire you know career. My, my father would give me $1.50 in high school per day to like go have lunch, go figure that out. So that kind of helped it. Just being at a disadvantage, I think is kind of like a superpower. It helps you become very resourceful and it helps you understand what your own mission is. So that was a disadvantage. I think having to continually move beyond my current friend groups to help further my own mission and my own progress was tough. Going to college, there was only about 
five or six of us from my entire graduating class that actually went to UNLV. So it's pretty much starting all over again. And then this, the same thing is like, once you graduate college, everyone kind of has their predetermined path. So then you have to figure out really what you want to do, especially like feeling stuck at Omnia nightclub, even though you can make a lot of money there. Um, there isn't that many people going on and building things with that money. And I kind of had to go through that, that vicious Vegas cycle of going out, partying, spending a lot of money. At one point, I remember I went to a strip club and spent like $7,000, like just like very reckless, erratic behavior, you know, going out and doing drugs all the time. And I was definitely having fun, but it was becoming detrimental to my ambition and I had a lot of friends who actually were kind enough to have like a little bit of an intervention and say, hey, like, we believe in you. We know you're going to do big things. But if you continue with this behavior, then we don't want to be associated with you. And like, that was like one of like the turning moments for me to like, okay, get my shit together and, uh, and figure it out. So there's definitely been a lot of hurdles. I think the biggest hurdle is kind of just Vegas in itself with the temptation. Like obviously even before this interview, as we were talking before last night, I was out to like 3am, even though I was in bed at 10 30 and all of a sudden somebody hit me up. It's like, Oh, we have a table here. We're going here, here, here. And so that temptation always exists. It's just like you have to overcome it with with willpower. Yeah, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, it's like a lot of us love Vegas for, for many things, but especially it's the entertainment capital of the world. We want to be entertained. We want to see the bright, shiny lights. But at the same time, you know, it, there's a there's a need to be able to self-manage and balance it and be accountable, which, you know, it sounds like you have the perfect story for that. Um, you know, I understand your friends took a really big part in helping you to transform your life, but a lot of people don't have that. A lot of people don't have those kinds of relationships or people who care about them to that level. I mean, so, so thank you to your friends. I mean, shout out to your friends there. For somebody who may be on their own in this journey, what's some advice that you can give them? Uh, yeah, loneliness, I think, is one of the most detrimental impacts to, to your journey, right? If you feel like you're just kind of shouting into abyss constantly or no one's there to, to lift you, it, it can be really impactful in a, in a negative way. Um, I think reaching out, to people is really important, even feeling low. Something I learned through the podcast is a lot of these people that were considered high net worth or influencers or anything like that, the majority of them responded when I DM them, even just starting out in the beginning. And so I realized that and it, even these conversations I've had with older people or people who have success, everyone wants to help, or the majority of people, I should say, want to share their knowledge with, with people who are interested and have a quest quench for knowledge. So just literally DM people, like what's the worst that can happen? They don't respond. Um, and that I think will give you a confident boost because if you don't have anyone in the physical world to connect with, although we do need human touch and connection is very important being next to somebody sharing that vibration and wavelength, it can be a, a good start because a simple response will give you a little bit of a dopamine rush and a serotonin hit and it can help rebuild that confidence that may be at an all-time low just from somebody showing support to you online. I, I get actually now a handful of people who are fans of the show who just like share their life with me all the time. And, you know, like I understand that life is tough and 
just having, they've told me just literally having me respond to them, even though if they're fans of the show or not, like gives them motivation to, to pursue better endeavors in their life. So I think utilizing social media, it's a double-edged sword. Some people hate it. Some people love it, but there, there are a lot of benefits to it. Yeah. Reaching out, asking for help. That's definitely the first step and, and knowing where to look for help too. There are so many resources out there and podcasts in itself, from my understanding of your story, that's how you started being accountable with trying to reshape your mindset after college, especially when, you know, there's not a lot that influences us to go out and learn for ourselves. You know, we kind of, if, if you don't take the initiative, you can stop learning for some years after college, if not just right after you graduate. And most of us don't realize that's the case. So, you know, we need to definitely take it upon ourselves to continue our education um, in every, every way, shape or form, learning from everybody who we cross paths with, but podcasts make it really easy to do that. So, and, and healing too. That's why I started Positive AF Podcast is because podcasts, I'd say literally changed my life and saved my life in some ways. I would listen to podcasts to find that healing that I couldn't find anywhere else and find that connection. Um, so I understand it when people reach out to you and, and act as if, you know, they know you and, and can take, you know, that solace and trust you because you've already shared so much mm. over, over the wavelengths of podcasts. It's like amazing how it can do that. Um, yeah, that, that's why I love podcasting. That's why I started Positive AF. There's so much in our stories that are different, but there's so many parallels as well. And it's not until you get vulnerable and share your story that people can find healing and learn for themselves and heal for themselves. Because the, the whole thing about being a healer and influencer is not acting like we know everything we don't we don't know everything oh my gosh but it's being able to be that example for people in the times of need where they need some help you know maybe you've been down a road that they are currently going down and some clarity too just just sharing that love all over um yeah yeah, yeah but yeah po <laughs> podcasting has made me realize that i actually know nothing about this world oh yeah so many people have interesting insight and opinions about whatever that they're directly related to but podcasting is a very introspective journey i've learned as well you learn something about yourself through every interview right like how how do you respond to what des is going to say to me right like you formulate ideas that are original ideas that you've never had before and then after the podcast you generally reflect on it or if you like review your own shows and listen to it you learn a lot about yourself you learn how to be confident you learn how to be very accepting uh, failures. You learn how to be very vulnerable, right? Like th this trend of podcasting is an idea one of my friends told me about, which is called like learning in public. And it, it, if you're learning in public and the person that is listening with you or listening to this podcast, they're also learning, but we're growing together. And that kind of like helps uh, form a community because we're all in this together is, is what it proves, right? Nobody wants to listen to a, a know-it-all, right? That's, 
That's why everyone loves Joe Rogan so much. He consistently talks about how he's a monkey and an idiot, right? And so everyone, it makes everyone feel comfortable because it's like, oh, if Joe doesn't know this, then I get to learn with him. And therefore we're on the same level and we're connecting. Yeah. And if you're, ans- if you're asking the right questions to whoever the audience member is and they feel like they're in that conversation with you, it just brings them so much closer to you. That's, that's why I was such a big Joe Rogan fan because I literally felt like I'm there in the interview. Like he asked the majority of the questions that, that you want to hear. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, so do you listen to your podcast? You like play them back and yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right now mm-hmm. I listen to every single one just because I do all of the editing and stuff like that. Um, yeah. In the fall semester, should be getting some interns that are going to help with that, which is weird passing off tasks and and delegating because you're so used to it, right? It's like your baby, you're nursing it. Mm -hmm. But at some point the baby grows up and needs to be able to, to exist on its own without you. So that is coming, but what's called remodeling when you watch like your own stuff helped me grow. It helped me, it helped me when I watch my own podcast, I don't see it as me talking. I see it as like another person. So then I'm like critiquing another person. Mm -hmm. So then you don't, diminish your self-esteem like oh I'm an idiot I said uh here I said and here you know completely changed the topic over here it's just like oh this is what happened it exists out there in the real world I should make a note to pause here not say uh make sure that I stay on topic over here and then it just helps you progress for your own journey and that you can just have better conversations because once you become an effective communicator you can that skill will take you very far in life. I mean, look at like Obama. That's how he became president. He was a very effective communicator and people believed in him for that exact reason. Yeah, I mean, honestly, what, what was the term that you called it? Um, listening and playing yourself back? Oh, remodeling. Remodeling, remodeling, okay. Yeah, that was a term that, was a term that I learned in kinesiology for maybe the 10 things that I do remember. <laughs> <laughs> nice. No, remodeling. Okay. See, here's, here's the thing that I'm still working on is I definitely, I am blessed to have a team around me. So a lot of the time I get on these podcasts and I'm like, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear all the mistakes I made. You know, y'all just clean it up for me and then give me the finished product. And, you know, that's definitely something that I've been doing because I know that I'm still scared. I'm still afraid to look myself in the eye and confront myself with some of these things um, as far as what I can improve on the podcast, because believe it or not, I am a very shy person. I'm very, very much of an introvert. And it's like getting on these podcasts are still a struggle for me, but I do feel better knowing that I'm doing it. And that's just part of my growth journey. You know, I never thought I would ever get on a podcast. I was always that person who was the last to share their thoughts in school and to speak up for what I thought and value my own opinions. Um, So starting this podcast in itself has been a growth journey for me and a testament to what I'm capable of. But remodeling, you know, I I see the value in it. Now, I never really looked at it that way, as far as removing myself and my judgments from the end product and just using it as an opportunity uh, to learn. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's an it's an important skill. Uh, It'll help you improve not just in podcasting, but 
it, it helps you learn from your own failures. And that's one of the most important traits that an entrepreneur can possess is first recognizing what the failure is and then understanding what went wrong and then what you need to do to improve that to make sure that it doesn't happen again. So it's it's definitely something to to practice. No one ever perfects it. Like there's still times where I'm like, God, I'm an idiot. I made this mistake. Mm-hmm. This person probably hates me now because I definitely made her feel bad about herself or whatever the 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 micro uh, emotion is during that subtle conversational moment. It's a uh, it's it's a it's strange, but it's, that's just part of the human psyche. Is that we're, we're inherently irrational people. We always go to the negative thing, right? There could be 400 positive comments on your YouTube post. And for some reason, we like to sulk on that one negative comment, even though it may not be true. And so it's something that just, you just have to continue practicing. It's hard to start, but I promise you it becomes easier over time. Absolutely. Yeah. It is hard to start and, and you do feel the growth and comfortability when you sit in that uncomfortability for a little while. I remember when I was thinking about starting my own podcast, and this was after I've already been in the podcast industry for a while, um, producing people's shows, helping create the branding and everything around it. Like I knew how to coach somebody to do it, but in terms of doing it for myself, it took me at least six months of planning to actually get myself on an interview. And the way that I kind of propelled myself in that direction was just doing the tiny steps that I needed to do to get me there. Even if it took six months, like I pushed myself to buy some podcast equipment. I pushed myself to schedule my first interview, pushed myself to record that trailer episode. And, you know, even though some people have a a really stricter timeline for themselves, it's, it's not about that. You know, you'll get where you want to be in the timeline that makes sense. And that's perfect for you. There are no mistakes. And whenever you get there to achieve whatever it is that you want to achieve, that is the perfect timing for you. That's my, that's my golden nugget right now. (laughs) Yeah. One of my favorite quotes is Nike's quote, just do it. That's what it comes down to. You just have to open yourself up and be vulnerable. It was like kind of what we were discussing before. So recording my first episode, episode zero, four minutes, basically giving a discussion of what I plan to intend with the guestless podcast going back and reviewing every few months, it just becomes more and more cringeworthy. It was very monotone. The grammar was terrible. The the metaphors were awful, but the message was direct. And basically the idea was like, hey, I have this idea to build this show in Vegas and it can be a tool for the community to connect with entrepreneurs, but I'm gonna be very vulnerable with you. Like my skills are awful. And as long as you guys accept that, you get to grow with me and we can build this, this movement together. And it really all goes back to people wanting to help. People are so willing to help. I mean, yeah, folks were on interviews with me when I first started and I powered through that, but some of those interviews were a train wreck, but people were so supportive. People allowed me to catch myself when I was stumbling and mumbling and doing some crazy shit. And now we're here today and, you know, it feels good to have gone through that and not expected so much of myself that I stopped and quit. Like, you know, that would have been the worst case thing. So, you know, the, the only time that you really do fail is, is if you quit, if you give up on yourself. 
So just keep powering through it, mistakes and all. And people honestly want to see you succeed. So I feel like that's, you know, just again, a testament to our amazing community and the folks who have helped us and collaborated with us to help us get to where we are today. Yeah, all, all the content producers, entertainers, it's always a battle against yourself. Uh, this is pot, This is a normal concept within the entertainer world. When you're on stage, the audience wants you to do good, right? They are either dedicating their time to come down there and to, to hear, listen to your podcast or they're paying $50 to hear your stand-up act. They want you to do good. And for some reason, when we present ourselves in front of a live audience or even over a mic for somebody to listen to, we begin to feel like the audience is against us for some reason. It's just human emotion, but it's really not like that. Everyone wants to see you win. They want to see you do good. You know, they want to invest their their energy into you, or else they would have never they would have never downloaded that episode, or they would have never bought that ticket to go see you. So it it comes down to exactly the idea of your podcast, just being positive as fuck. You know, you just uh-huh. have you just have yeah. you have. You have to understand that there are we we do share a lot of negative emotions, but the majority of the time they're positive and know that when you're in a situation that you may be experiencing a negative emotion, it's it's not something that will exist forever. And that as long as you understand and you become an observer of your mind and are aware that you're feeling negative for whatever reason, maybe you think the audience is against you. It's actually not that, and we're just trying to combat our own emotions. And so just you just ha- literally have to just stay positive. Literally, yeah, you just have to stay positive, even in those negative times, but um, at the same time, allow yourself to feel those negative things. Those negative things are actually super important. Like they're telling you these, they're making you feel this way for a reason. Um, a lot of, you know, people in in entrepreneur space you know we we have a lot of self-doubt that surrounds us um what's the word i'm looking for where we kind of like self-sabotage ourselves with our thoughts um i know there's one it's called imposter syndrome yes imposter syndrome imposter syndrome plagues me a lot you know so to this day do you feel like you ever come across that imposter syndrome I, I, I experienced moments of it for sure. Uh, not as much anymore. Um, the way that I got over it was that I never really cared. I wouldn't say I never cared what people thought of me because that that's definitely not true or else we wouldn't go through with it. But I wasn't afraid to fail. And so therefore, if you're not afraid to fail, then you'll never really feel like an imposter because you know that failure is going to happen in some form or another. So yeah. I think it, it's it's about just framing your mind to understand that failures aren't exactly failures. They're just mistakes that have to be fixed Yeah. at, at some point in time. So I, I have had that conversation with a lot of guests on my show about imposter sh- syndrome. And a lot of them share the same vision that it's more about just accepting failures and then you'll be able to overcome imposter syndrome. It's accepting failures, but I think another layer to that is really truly seeing your unique value. I feel like a lot of the time when these false thoughts come into my mind, every now and again, I have to coach myself through it. And the way that I do that is, well, these doubts, these negative self-talk things that are coming up for me, are they true? 
Like if I have something in the back of my mind that is causing me imposter syndrome that says like, I don't know what I'm talking about. You know, I haven't been in the game this long for me to feel like I'm an expert. Is that true? Like, no, no, that's not true. And, and why is it coming up? That's, you know, it's basically just going through each individual thought, giving it attention and being able to, using a process of elimination, determine whether or not, is it true? Yes or no? Most of the time it's no. And if it is, then, well, like, is it that big of a deal? Like who the hell cares? Just keep carry on, you know? Yeah. You know, and at the end of the day, you have that self-worth, you have, you got it, you know, if not you, who, and if not now, when, like, just you have what it takes to overcome that self-doubt. That's always what goes through in my mind um, as far as like how I coach myself. Yeah. It's a good, it's a good, it's a good process to possess, especially since you understand the steps that go along with that thought process, the negative one and how, how to fix it. And if you kind of break down what imposter syndrome is and imposter means like you feel misplaced, right? So if you feel, if you feel like you're out of place for the existing system, I think the better way to, to frame it too, or a good way to frame it, kind of what I do is understanding what the skills are that you possess. If you realize that you possess a unique skill set that no one else carries or possesses within this entire world, then you theoretically can't be an imposter because you're building, you're constructing a lane of one. So if it's just you going down this and creating this unique path of entrepreneurship, which most entrepreneurs are generally unique or say all right, because you all want to, we all want to solve some sort of specific problem that we understand that is very unique to us. So if you possess these unique, this unique skill set and you're the only person who can solve whatever issue you are set out to, to fix, then you theoretically can't be an imposter because you're not sharing the room with anyone else except yourself. Well, when you put it that way, it sounds very easy. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, that's what it comes down to is just asking yourself those questions because it's so easy to go down the rabbit hole. But once you formulate a game plan as far as when these thoughts and feelings come up, how do I deal with it? Because they are going to come up. Like, you know, I've been able to learn how to manage it, learn how to manage anxiety and, you know, these feelings of uh, self-doubt and negative self-talk by replacing it with positive things. You know, that's all we really can do until we train our mind to then be able to be programmed in a way that is more positive, where you don't immediately jump to the negative conclusion. Um, that's all it's gonna take, but it will take some time. And, you know, we're all on this journey together. That we are, we're, we're moving into the age of collaboration. Some, this is a message that I talk about on my podcast all the time. Before the internet, it was kind of like this tribalistic competitive nature of businesses where everyone was kind of fighting for these finite resources of capital and nobody wanted to share their customer base. But now with the internet, everybody is so much more integrated. Influencers are communicating, right? When you're operating as an influencer or you're trying to fight for attention, if you have two podcasters together who command already command attention from different audiences, and then you put them on a show together, then it's amplified. It's not one plus one equals two, it's one plus one equals five. Because then the audience wants to understand how these two people are gonna to communicate together, and those will bring in more audiences. And if that audience finds that that 
YouTube video or that podcast is very interesting and hits home to them, then they'll share it to their friends. So it's not just like a, a direct one for one because you have the, the possibility of it going viral or being shared. And so that's kind of becoming the same idea down on the strip. I ha I've had on um, a few casino executives and uh, especially down in downtown where they share the Fremont experience overarch, right? And they're kind of sharing this common ground. They want their customers to bounce around to other casinos because if the customer, they just want the customer to stay in that area, which therefore then brings more people because that those people who go downtown love downtown and they become massive fans. And so then they just actually, that casino may not make the max amount of money that night, but with continued with continued um, growth and for just the the people who go down there and come once a week, once every two weeks, then that revenue will actually become more than just that one max night. So you begin to see it a lot happening on the strip yeah. and downtown as well. That whole story is a great metaphor for abundance mindset and growth mindset. Mm -hmm. It's the fact that you want people to win because when people are winning around you, you're winning and ultimately everybody wins and everybody improves increases in in all directions you know not only financially driven um and it's the idea too that there's no cap on abundance there's really no cap on what you are capable of and you know whether it be finances finances um your happiness there is no cap whereas you know the the limited mindset would believe that oh if this person happy is happy that means i cannot be happy or if this person makes a payday they're taking money away from me that's that's not true at all um so i like what you did there that's definitely abundance mindset stuff you have not i haven't heard that terminology before so that's something that, I, that i've learned through you that i get to take with me i, th I think we were, we were kind of groomed younger to think that the world is a non-zero-sum game where there can only be one winner of each space. And that is true for certain distinctions, like there can only be one president, right? There's only 50 senators. But out in the world, there isn't going to be one of just something because the world is operated on a capitalistic model. So everyone's going out and building their own paths, which therefore that, that one didn't exist until it was built. So we're all just like out here having the abundance mindset and trying to grow within ourselves. And so I think now the world is beginning to realize that it's much better to collaborate together. And if we go down this path together, everybody wins and everyone gets to surround themselves with more intelligent people who could teach them things. So then we all continually just keep growing as well. Yeah. I love that, that community. That's what we have here in Vegas. You know, that's what we're working toward, man. <laughs> good stuff good stuff I want to kind of throw you some questions now that I'm just gonna fire at you and you feel however you want to um you know answer them go for it let's do it so what are the top ways that you make time for yourself the gym is probably priority number one um that's been a part of my life since I was in high school so that, that usually, that health comes first and foremost, foremost for a lot of things. Um, outside of that, to be honest, it, it becomes time is not abundant as much as I would like it to be. But I, I kind of find that communicating with people like you or having like very honest and in-depth conversations feels like it's just 
shared it's it's shared time but it feels like individual time to to me because i'm learning and i find learning as a form of entertainment which therefore then my my needs are satisfied beautifully said what is your favorite downtown restaurant ooh <laughs> curveball yeah right so i would say since i live in the arts district i kind of bounce around here a lot um i would say makers and finders is probably my favorite right now. I definitely, sh- I definitely shift around a little bit. I'm a big taco Tarion fan as well. Uh, those two are doing really well down here. There's a bunch of breweries, um, but I would have to say makers and finders probably takes cake. Nice. All right. What is your favorite self-care ritual? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, outside of the gym, as I, as I mentioned that before, Hmm. What I say, I would say traveling is is very important. I haven't got to do, I haven't had the time to do that recently. But I think going to like the beach or just traveling to see your parents or anything like that, just at being able to uh, migrate outside of your home, I think is important. A tool to have to reset your mind and kind of get this like sigh of relief that you know my mind is constantly clouded at home, especially if you work from home. I know some people have a, a hard time distincting those differences. So I think, uh, I think traveling and just going out with friends and whether you're drinking or not drinking, just sharing some time with loved ones like them that can help see you for who you are is, is a good way to, to care for your mental health. On that topic, what is your next travel destination? <sighs> I was going to go to Miami um, this next week for Bitcoin Miami, but that didn't happen. So that, that plan kind of fell through. I think a California beach trip is probably in order. I've been to California more millions of times, but that's something that I want to do. Also a few of my fraternity brothers are going up to Tahoe for a cabin. There's like 20 of us. So that's, that's going to be a fun experience as well. I'm a very sp- spontaneous when it comes to my travels. I kind of like living life with some sort of spontaneity. I mean, it's kind of hard with the podcast, but those kind of things uh, is what builds experiences and those ones that you'll remember forever. Yeah, absolutely. What's something people don't know about you? Interesting. Man, I mean, there's, I kind of live my life very publicly, so there isn't that much to go over yet. There are some stories that I haven't shared yet, but I'm writing a book about it um, called Vegas Native. So I'll give you your podcast some alpha for, for that. Um, I'm writing a book about what it's like to, to grow up in Vegas and some of the trials and tribulations that come with it. And so some of those stories that are going to be in the book, I haven't shared publicly yet because I want it to have a long lasting impact on the, my own message. So um, they'll have to wait for when that comes out in a year or two. But um, yeah, I was a little bit of a degenerate for a long time. Um, it was cool. I'm a big, I'm a big, or I'm a huge psychedelic pro or proponent. Uh, experimenting with psychedelics helped reshape my mind and my reality. And so I've experimented with things like mushrooms and psilocybin and LSD and DMT and a lot of these other mind expanding drugs per se. I don't know if I'd call them a drug, but I don't think I would have been able to reach out to the outliers or the like 
layers of my mind and brain without having those experiences. So yeah, that's something that I don't talk about much, but it's something that I'm definitely, I back. Oh yeah. Plant medicine, you know, in, in a different term than calling it a drug. I, you know, I, I want to definitely shift it toward the idea that it does come from plants, you know, as far as how we're, how we're experimenting with these things safely and kind of reshape the, the negative um, connotations that we get from the word um, drug, even though it's, you know, soon to catch on. So I knew what you meant when you like caught yourself and you were like, I don't know if I should call it a drug. Um, Yeah, definitely. I'm a proponent of that too. And I hope that in the near future, hopefully Vegas is one of the states to spearhead it, but I hope in the near future, it becomes much more um, of a deregulated thing that we can do to practice safely because I've gone through a lot of amazing transformations coming out of trips and and meditating through it and journaling through it and using it as a catalyst of growth. Um, you know, a lot of these things, people don't have the experience and expertise on. So when you think about plant-based medicine, you think about partying and all these cool psychedelic colors and you know but it's so much more than that it really does expand your mind and your thinking you you can scare yourself and the capacity in which you can tap into your mind sometimes and that's really what I get out of it it's not about oh I'm not happy so let me do this drug which you know is a whole nother topic in itself but um you know that's why this needs to be talked about more how it's much more than what we label as drug. And yeah, I mean, maybe we should leave that for another conversation. <laughs> yeah, that could definitely be another two hour conversation on top. Yeah, of that. absolutely. Uh, Jake, well, you know, we're wrapping up now. Thank you so much for your time. But before we sign off, how can people get in touch with you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you could follow me on social media at Jake Allen, J-K-E-G-A-L-L-E-N on Instagram and Twitter. Most active on Twitter, but I do post on, on Instagram and pretty much all the other social media ones as well. If you want to follow the podcast, you can either go subscribe on YouTube. You could just type in the Guestless Podcast or type in my name, Jake Gallen, into YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and all the other streaming platforms. You'll be able to find it. It's called Jake Gallen's Guestless Podcast. Pretty simple. Um, we're there two episodes per week. So sometimes three, depending on the, the demand for the show. Um, we're going to continue rolling with that. And uh, next, next month, I'll be starting a crypto-based podcast in collaboration with the UNLV Innovation Center. So that'll, that'll be coming soon as well with a bunch of other things as well. So yeah, just follow me on social media. Reach out to me. I always respond to all the DMs and um, just want to connect with everybody else who's like-minded. Thank you so much for your time, Jake. I'm so excited to follow you on your success and see what else you have in your back pocket. Like you've already come out with some amazing value for our community. So it's an honor to have you on the show again. Thank you so much for your time. No, thank you does so much. It's, it's my honor to, to be here. Uh, you're growing a podcast. You have a good community, like a very well thought out message and uh, we get to go out together grow and we've been running into each other so much since that first friday so i know i'll definitely be seeing you in the near future as well absolutely 
Thank you so much for lending me your time today. If you found a moment of Zen through this episode, I kindly ask that you leave a review on iTunes so that this message might reach more people. For daily positivity and to join a community of awesome humans, follow us on Instagram at ThePositiveAF.